Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, Jovember Joy sweeping through West Texas. The Red Raiders bumped against the wall but said, if you ain't seen me, Charles, you ain't seen bouncing back. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to see you again on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks as always to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. And if you're a new customer, you can bet five bucks and get 200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. To get started with the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you once again, basking in the glow. Have had a few hours to marinate on it now, basking in the glow of bowl eligibility. I'd like to think we both have a sheen about us as we kick off this week. Hair softer, teeth wider, the weather's better in West Texas when you know you got one on the other side. And we've got plenty of time with you this week. Happy Thanksgiving out there to get ready for the Longhorns, but also still thinking about what went down Saturday night at Jones Stadium. And really, Chris, what has gone down as far as some developing trends in the Joey McGuire era? Because it's not just Happy Thanksgiving anymore. It's Happy Jovember. And we are feeling that Jovember joy here today. Is Reeling off the win on Saturday night means a seventh consecutive in this month, which is your longest stretch since 92 through 94-ish. And, you know, there's one kind of November feeling we felt before that included a win, but it might have been Weber State on the other sideline. This was not Big 12 action we were talking about. I like this a lot better. And, yeah, it's a little more than a trend, right? You've been a part of a team that has kind of seemed to improve as the season has gone on, and that always seems like a symptom of a team that is, dare I say, well-coached or well-motivated. I don't know, but it's something you want to see in every team you're rooting for. Six and one in November, is that right? Uh, you, and I think uh, I think the only the, uh, November the 5th a year ago, and you, the only loss you had after sitting on the runway for nine hours, you lose to a team that plays for the national championship. Otherwise, you've, you've won all of them. Uh, that includes a win over Oklahoma. That includes over win at in, in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, last weekend. I mean, some one score games and in, in, in that mix. But it is fun to finish a season strong, and that had been an Achilles heel for this program for many, many years. Is start off hot, can't sustain it. I mean, even in one of Cliff Kingsbury's best years, it was a seven and zero start, and then just kind of a, you limp to the finish line before winning a bowl game versus Arizona State, but. Uh, yeah, you you look up, uh, you look up, you know, three or four weeks ago, and you're sitting there at, at three and five, and now all of a sudden you're six and five and bowl eligible, and they've all been one score games. Uh, I think you're doing it in a variety of different ways: uh, red zone defense, special teams, running the football, uh, quarterback starting to make a few plays here and there, uh, taking better care of the ball. But I do think and, and different guys stepping up because the injuries haven't necessarily gone away or anything like that. Because, I mean, you know, over the weekend, Callan, when, you, when you're sitting there thinking about all the speed that we had talked about and you, you don't have arguably your fastest player on your football team and in, uh, in Tyler Owens, you're like, well, this sucks. 
I mean, this is like the one guy, you know, on the edge that with Plumley or with Harvey or whoever you were dealing with, and and you move, you know, Tyler Owens, you had moved him up up close to the line of scrimmage at that star position, and then he can't play. But it it's you know it was uh, what Brendan Jordan and Cam Watts uh, playing that position. But you, you just you just kind of have found a way, and I think that's what's fun about these Novembers because last year it was all the quarterback injuries, but Tyler Shuck was just kind of inching his way back, and then he got was healthy, and then you kind of rode him to the finish line, literally. Uh, Baron Morton, same thing. You kind of get dinged up. You have the Kansas State issue, the BYU issue, but he finally comes back, and now he's kind of getting better as the year goes along. And you know, uh, I, I think that's that's a you know a direct uh, correlation with with some of your November runs here. But it's just fun to to finish strong because even if you can't go get it done in Austin on the weekend, you're still going to have a winning record in November. You you punch your ticket to to extend your season. And a couple other things, Cowan, too, that I think is fun. One of the finishing strong, so your November record. How about look at your overall home record since Joey McGuire took over? Because that was bring the fun back to the Jones and, and you know, so many home game disappointments. Joey's 10-3 and three at home uh, in, in, in his short tenure here. And I think you lost, let's see, so... Uh, Kansas State uh, this year, which is still in the hunt for the Big 12 title. You know, Baylor last year was favored to win the Big 12 title last year. Uh, Oregon is in the in the hunt for the national championship in the college football playoff this year. Those are your only three home losses. Other than that, you've, you've taken care of business. And every game was sold out this year. Every game was sold out, and there wasn't an OU or a Texas on the schedule. I, th- I think that says a lot, too, but the fun is back in, in Jones AT&T Stadium. Yeah, that seemed like one of the first steps you needed to take as a program to restoring something uh, as far as any momentum or relevancy was figuring it out on your home turf. And that's another trend that has continued, obviously, this season. And I, I don't know, what do you really attribute it to? You've you've watched a lot of football. You have followed as closely as anyone the ebbs and flows of a season for a football team inside the locker room and out. You know, I said well coached or well motivated, but what are other characteristics or traits that uh, you think teams typically have if they get better as a season goes along because it seemingly is one that special teams uh, will exhibit. I mean, I, I, I don't want to overthink this. I think Joey and his guys deserve a ton of credit here for keeping the the ship afloat um, and keeping them motivated, keeping these guys grinding, keeping, you know, the it pointed in the right direction when, you know, we, we've just seen it before where, Body language is bad. Teams kind of shut it down. Uh, they feel sorry for themselves, whatever. But I, I think, you know, it, it was anything but that heading into last week's game, uh, heading into the Central Florida game. I say last week's game is in Lawrence, Kansas. I mean, it, it's it's been, you know, just and, – and watching young guys step up and, like, play to the, yeah. the standard or play to the level in, in some of the – when the older guys go down or whatever it may be, and just figuring out a way. I'll tell you what else I think, especially this year. There's been so many years where it is very popular to be like, our special teams are so bad. Our special teams are terrible. Our special teams don't. Your special teams this year, while, you know, Kenny Perry would tell you, we're far from perfect. We screw up all the time. Boy, are they good. They're difference makers. Absolutely they are. Um yeah, like on on Saturday, 
yes, does does your backup punt returner, uh, X White, does he feel the punt like at the one or even all, almost in his own end zone? And his Kenny hey. Perry, huh, I mean, and Kenny Perry spiked his headset and was like, "Dang!" Uh, he said a lot. Right, more than right. That, but <laughs> hey, you know, you know what the guy behind me said? Least you can tell he's not afraid. And that is a quote. And I had to give him that. So shout out to Xavier White for not being afraid. <laughs> but but the, the return game uh, in this one, Dre McCray with a long run. I thought Nima Martinez yeah. also had a long one. They called it. They flagged it. But, the, you know, UCF was kicking it different uh, at different places because they were afraid of uh, Dre McCray and, and what he would do. I even had I heard Gus Malzahn after the game say, He's one of the best in the league it, it, as far as kickoff returns. Heavy praise for, from from Coach Malzahn there. Gino Garcia. Yeah, you let's know, talk about the boots. 51-yarder, man. And then Reese Burkhart <laughs> banging him into the end zone. I mean, Kenny Perry went and found Reese Burkhart from UAB in the offseason just because they didn't feel like Gino was, you know, maybe as good as they would prefer from a kickoff standpoint. So they go find a guy that just kicks it out of the back of the end zone every time. And it's like it eliminates that play. So there is no Dre McCray going on on the other side. They just take that out of the equation. And then Gino Garcia, man, 51-yarder, just just banged it. I mean, just awesome. Uh, and and these these are some some meaningful field goals that he's kicked in the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, with a lot on the line, and you needed it kind of stuff. And, you know, 51-yarder with a bit of breeze in his face, never a doubt. And, and I just think that has been something that has come along here that has helped you, especially in recent weeks, because you want to win close games, man. It's like that's – and I knew that they felt that way coming into this one. Okay, their offense is a nightmare. You know, our defense is going to have a hard time. We're also, you know, again, is the is the rushing defense for UCF, is it like the Ollie Gordon one or is it the rest of the season? And we kind of saw a bit of both, and then you just leaned on them and ran away. But they really felt like they had an advantage of special teams. I thought they took advantage of it. Blocked an extra point. I don't want to gloss. I don't want to bury the lead here. I mean, but all those things, uh, like you, you won that phase uh, of of the yep. game, and I thought that was a that. But that you won that phase last weekend as well. And I think that's there's a direct correlation into you winning some of these close games and how good your special teams has been. As we documented yesterday, also used some possum power to uh, rattle him <laughs> on another field goal attempt. And uh, can't forget Austin McNamara. I thought game-changing in uh, the way that he was able to flip oh, the field. And yeah. on one of them, on one of them, Central Florida's lucky they're near a sideline because that was about to be a Texas Tech takeaway uh, when old boy biffed it. He, he had some help there from the uh, west sideline. But, yeah, game-changer is always. And talk special teams and forget to mention Austin McNamara. Because we shame. take it for granted. Yeah. Shame on me. He's so great. Um, we take it for granted. That's exactly why. He, I get he it. is money. Um, saw his dad before the game yesterday on the field. Um, thanked uh, you and I for talking about Austin and uh, throughout the year. Um, and uh, he, you know, we were talking about the next level and he's like, it's really hard. But, man, if I'm betting on anything, I'm betting on that kid to be a success at the next level. I mean, there's just no doubt. I thought he had some of the best of the season last night. Fitting. Very fitting. I think very fitting, yes. What month is it? Jovember. There's your (laughs) reminder. All right, Chris, let me take you specifically to a point in the game that I'd like to get your take on because this is another trend, as we've kind of listed some off here, uh, resiliency that we've seen from the Red Raiders, whether within a season or within a game. And boy, is that a flipped script from some prior administrations. 
to Coach McGuire's arrival. You'd get in some tight games. You're not winning some of those. You're down and you are out. That's not what you want to see actually uh, playing out. Unintentional rhyme master in the building with us here today. But let me take you early on in the game. Uh, we'd barely even gotten settled in with popcorn and a Coke. It's 14 to zero Central Florida, and not just any 14 to zero, Chris. It was kind of like a painful pulling of teeth. Not only the first drive, but you go 70 on 11 plays over five minutes on the second one. It, it was becoming a bit disheartening early on, but obviously Texas Tech was not disheartened. So, what are you feeling down there as you roam the sidelines? And and there's a vibe that that's sitting there, but obviously Texas Tech is setting out to change that vibe. What, what did you think at that point in time? Did you see shell shock? Did you see anger? What were you seeing? First, today's episode brought to you by listening.com, an incredible app that turns academic reading into audio. So if you're a student, but also an audiobook person, this is especially for you, but not just you. This is for anyone that hates paper cuts. The listening.com app will take any academic paper, PDF, or class material and turn it into an audiobook. It can read math equations, technical words, even complicated documents, all while knowing what to pick up and what to skip, like citations or footnotes. And best of all, if you go to listening.com slash locked on, You'll be able to try it all for three weeks completely free. Normally only a free two-week trial, but if you use our link, listening.com slash locked on, you got it all to try for three weeks at no cost to you. This is the hack the paper cut lobby doesn't want you to know about. So try it out totally free at listening.com slash locked on. Again, that's a free three-week trial at listening.com slash locked on. What did you think at that point in time? Did you see shell shock? Did you see anger? What were you seeing? Really neither, which which is, uh, you know, I, I think when you're down 14 or nothing and you'd move the ball well, but you just come up empty on your fourth downs. And and if that pass isn't batted down, it's a touchdown on the one fourth down. I mean, you had yeah. you had Baylor Cup wide open. I mean, it was a good route concept. Uh, the, the DB kind of took the the – I think it was maybe Sparkman that was kind of running to the back of the end zone, but Baylor Cup is underneath and he he's wide open. But again, the pass gets batted down. So I, I think there was a, you know still a level of hey, it's a long game, um, and and you always want a fast start. Uh, but I think Joey, to Joey's credit, his teams and his staff and they kind of figure the game you know out as it goes a little bit at times. Again, you always want to come out. You'd love to be the one that puts up 14 quick points and have a fast start and then kind of ride it. But that's not what happened uh, over the weekend. And I thought Tim's group settled down. They adjusted uh, to, to a nightmare that, that was Plumley. I thought you, you still – because it, it was pretty clear Central Florida came into this game and like, hey, man, Taj Brooks, nah, not today. So they, they kind of – really showed and like let's let's see how you know how healthy baron morton's arm is or let's see you know what they can do with some receivers that haven't made a ton of plays for you uh consistently over the year and uh and so you kind of had to throw it a little bit but again you figured it out but once you got you're down 14 nothing you look up and you'd score 21 unanswered and you take the lead now the running game is back into the equation and then you've thrown it enough to where now it's loosened up a bit now we you know ucf doesn't know what to expect and that was uh you know I actually talked to him going up the tunnel 
uh, after the game was over, I, I couldn't. It was dark, and David Gibbs was running down the the tunnel, and he he we, we spoke for just a brief second, and he was one of your previous defensive coordinators. But I thought they uh, they were kind of that side of the ball for Central Florida was a bit on their heels, a bit trying to figure out okay what what is what is going to happen here, and then you, I mean, to take the ball though with five and a half minutes left, everybody in the stadium knows exactly what's about to happen. And for you to just lean on the Knights like you did, there's not a better feeling in the world than that right there. And you're popping off five to eight yards of carry. And and again, everybody knows what's coming, and they just couldn't stop it. I think eight of nine plays on that drive, you handed it to Taj Brooks, and then you you line up in the victory formation, the best formation in football, especially when you're the one uh, implementing it. But – that that right there, because you in, in your in your, I mean, you talked about how long we've been paying attention to this program. There's been many many years where you don't, you're not capable of doing that. You you can't get it done, uh, or the opposition stops you, whatever it may be. And this you just kind of flexed on on the nights a bit and just. It wasn't – you didn't overthink it. And and credit to Taj and that old line, man. They just leaned on them and the night's broke and then we all uh, – the gun goes off. It's zeros and uh, you win and you're bowl eligible the end. Well, that's the note I wanted to finish on before we get out of here because uh, we're not quite done with Taj Brooks just yet. A uh, couple of games to go, but I'm already beginning to wonder. You see the names there on the screen, Chris, and I know you weren't there for all of them. The Golden Palomino may be an exception. Anderson, Gray, Hanspart, Hadnot, Henderson, Morris, Washington. Just some I chose over the years, and I know I'm leaving some out. But uh, Taj Brooks is going to be mentioned among these names. Great Red Raider yeah. ball carriers in program history. And uh, I'm excited to see what he's got left to do still here in his time as a Red Raider. But uh, I, call me crazy. I think he's already in this class. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, and you can spice up the action and keep the sports flame stoked this winter with America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. There's nothing nicer than cuddling up with a warm prop bet or player parlay, and if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where it's all at your fingertips. And of course, when you win with FanDuel, you're always paid Instantly. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right. That's $150 coming your way. If your team wins, you'd be a fool to not take a bite out of that. So get to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today for your shot at $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that hits with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Call me crazy. I think he's already in this class. I I, I would agree. You know, I, I think where you'll look at some of these guys compared to, to Taj is that, you know, Taj shared carries uh, over the years. Uh, he was really, you know, showcased in his final year. Um, I think uh, it, it's funny because I think this, like Sammy Morris right there, the, the Morris name that you have mentioned on there. Uh, but you, you, well, I think you probably meant Bam Morris, and I'm saying Sammy. But the the reason I say that is is because because Sammy Morris, who's on the staff now, the reason I'm bringing that name up is that I think that's what Taj can look at from a pro career. You know, Sammy made a a career for the in the NFL for the Patriots largely. I, I don't know if he was in the NFL eight to twelve years. I can't. I have to go back and look specifically. 
but he was kind of the the new age NFL back because you could throw it to him. Uh, he would pick up a blitz. He had some size to him. And the NFL now loves guys like this. Uh, yeah, they love the Bijan Robinsons and all that stuff too. But Taj is just like, what what can he not do uh, for at the next level? And I think from a tech standpoint, yeah, what is it? Is it, It's either seven of eight games or eight of nine games where he's gone over 100 yards in a row. I think he scored touchdowns and I think seven games in a row, which hasn't happened since uh, Torian did it uh, back in like 04, maybe. I think there was a stretch where somebody scored touchdowns, like, but it extended over two seasons, like the 2010-2011 season. And maybe that was DeAndre, I think. Um, anyway, um, I, yeah, I, I just think he's he's in rare air. Yeah, and and you've had a, I mean, a lot of the names you have listed there were Doak Walker Award winners, um, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do that because of Ollie Gordon and his numbers. Uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't know, but I think he'll be in the in the mix and a finalist. But that says a lot oh. about about that young man. Yeah, the guy that got held to twenty five by the same team <laughs> seven days ago. Six, problem nine, problem is, ago. is he ran for. 200 plus on like so many games before that but yeah it's a oh, was that in the point. south alabama game they lost i can't remember uh <laughs> i like it yeah yeah definitely like clear it. cut i guess ollie yeah. sure yeah well still a couple games left to go uh yes we'll see what taj brooks wants to do to add to that resume but love to see it different era as well and mm-hmm. you know i think about a guy like washington i think about brooks i think about torian henderson who i think is the modern era goat ball carrier uh, of Texas Tech football, if you can call him that, because pass catcher became a part of a ball carrier's resume really around that time. But uh, things have changed since uh, some of those names are on the list, to say the least. <laughs> so credit to anybody who's entering that category. And I don't know as we entered that, into a real contemporary well, era. Well, here, yep. here's the here's the exact set. So I just looked this up just to make sure. The last time a Texas Tech running back scored a rushing touchdown in seven straight games, it was. It was Eric Stevens over 2010 and 11. So final uh, one season, beginning of the other uh, in, in 10 and 11. And then the last time that it was done in a single season was Torian in 2004. So mm-hmm. if, you know, that, that gives you some historical context of what the, this kid just pulled off. And the O-line deserves a lot of credit. I think, you know, um, the quarterbacks, the play calling, all that, you know, checking into these things and all that stuff. Uh, but but Taj, I mean, he just refuses to be tackled, man. He's just so much fun to watch. And it his style of running is so Texas Tech. And what I mean by that is it's so blue-collar. You know, it's just yeah. so blue-collar in that he just kind of – refuses to to go down and it's tough yardage and yet he's very fresh and he just keeps grinding and you think you have him and then you don't and uh the the one chunk play that he had last night were or I guess it was two nights ago where he kind of got to the next level and he's got a couple of dbs getting close those are runs that are really fun because you haven't seen a lot of those because the first time he did a lot of that was versus Houston at NRG Stadium to open up a season two years ago, I guess it was. And that's when we first learned of the, you know, it, it's he starts pointing at his wrist. It's like it's Taj time. But watch it. it. It almost made me, you know, leak a little liquid awesome when I'm watching on the sideline uh, Saturday night and Sir Roderick Thompson, after Brooks has a big run, and Sir Roderick Thompson is pointing to his wrist. I mean, that's sports <laughs> 
that's what we love so much about it. Watching guy, I mean that that right there encapsulates it. Just freaking awesome, man. <laughs> We're getting a little more of that awesome before uh, it's all said and done. And uh, who knows what the future could hold for Taj Brooks. Uh, We're back on the other side to continue talk Red Raiders and, of course, get set for not only football, but uh, hoops on the way as well. So there's a whole lot to consider here, Chris, and we'll be with you all the while. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, Cowan. Uh, yeah, busy week, man. Uh, day sports. We got uh, what the Red right. Raiders and the Villanova Wildcats at one thirty on a on a Wednesday. We've got uh, yeah, a big game Friday night in prime time with the Red Raiders and the Longhorns for the last time. So anyway, we will uh, break it down uh, as the week goes along, man. Appreciate it. Keep hope alive, everybody. And it was, and it still is. Hope we we have it. <laughs> this is why you keep it alive. Yes, right. Yes, and now we have turkey and dressing to go with it this week. So let's get yeah. recharged and roll on. Uh, Austin Bound will be with you uh, throughout the week, and hope you'll join us as well for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.